Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, we're talking to Sam Fordham, Head of Technical at Riser, and Tom Land, Fertiliser Technical Manager from Agri. Today, we're going to talk about nitrogen management for the spring, looking at variable rates, strategies, and building in resilience, and why this is crucial for success at harvest. So, good morning to you both. Morning, Tony. Morning, Tony. It's great to have you back on Tramlines and really looking forward to this podcast. So let's get stuck in. Uh, Let's start with understanding the situation with crops that are in the ground right now. Uh, Tom, from your perspective, um, how are things looking? Yeah, well, things look really good at the moment. Uh, Everything's uh, gone through the winter uh, or the lack of winter we had uh, really well. So we've got a lot of captured nitrogen in the crops, uh, probably a a result of nitrogen left over from previous season. Um, so crops at the moment look to be set up well ahead of the spring. Yeah, and Sam, from your perspective, how are things looking at the moment? Yeah, reiterate what Tom said, really. We had a, a very kind autumn, so a majority of winter crops were put in the ground in good conditions. And yeah, it sort of had a bit of a cold snap, but the, the crops come out the other side of that looking very well. That's good to hear. And what can we learn from last season? Yeah, this is one thing I'm trying to encourage growers to do, really, is uh, to look back and see uh, what worked, uh, what didn't work. Um, And probably the key metric in this is grain testing, because that's your kind of final proof in the pudding in terms of how nitrogen was utilised. But also last season, we had a a lot of different weather effects that made us think halfway through the season that it wasn't going to be a great year in terms of yield, but actually the levels of sunlight that the crops received and the condition the crops were in as well meant they intercept sunlight better uh, and we actually saw some reasonably good yields and positive responses uh, even in the light of maybe reduced end inputs where growers were making economic decisions saying I'm going to apply less nitrogen to the crops because of the price of nitrogen really. Uh, and Sam, f- from your point of view, w- what were you noticing? What did you see in the data that uh, you were able to obtain during the season from last year? Yeah, it's a good question, Tony. I mean, we had a, uh, a suspicion that with the dry period we had in the spring, that there, there, there wouldn't be really great yields this year. But from what we've seen coming into the platform with, with customers' yield maps, that, that, that wasn't the case. And crops did perform. And, and as Tom said, the quality was there, specific weights were good, and, and the grain proteins were there as well. Sam, I'd probably, I'd probably say some growers may have got protein, some growers may have not. It's been a real stark difference between those who did get protein and those who didn't. And there's, there's, a, there's a bit of sort of a, a, a retrospective look back to see maybe why was, was not enough N put into the system to sustain the yields because often we were we, we were seeing previous crop yields last year you know very high positive responses to not a lot of nitrogen inputs which meant there was a bit of a dilution effect which where you know protein wasn't achieved in the plant in the grain really and from all of the data that you can see tom and sam why do you think there was that variability I think, I think uh, given the weather conditions last year and, and again, how well crops um, managed to, to, to sustain themselves um, with the lack of rainfall, but also with you know, the sheer volume of, of, of light interception into the canopy as well, meant 
they did produce you know, good bushel weights, good yields. Uh, and I think it, it's a case of, you know, depending on how much underlying fertility and how much fertilizer was applied really made the difference between what achieved protein and what didn't really. I guess there was a, a bit of a hang up from, from last year, Tom, with nitrogen that wasn't utilized in the spring. This is a really interesting discussion, but but how do growers start to create strategies learning from those lessons last year? Yeah, well, probably the first thing I would do is, you know, you can do a, 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 a nitrogen use efficiency calculation based upon the previous year. So your grain analysis, if you haven't done broad spectrum grain analysis and you've got a protein result, you can divide that percentage protein by 5.7 to get your percentage grain nitrogen, and you can still carry on with the same calculation. Just to understand how efficiently was that nitrogen used in the previous year. But going forwards for this year, we're in a slightly different scenario where we would possibly have expected soil nitrogen levels to be higher than what they are. But actually, soil nitrogen levels are all over the place, but I'm certainly seeing lower than average soil nitrogen levels. So makes you ask questions to say, well, why might that be? Well, we had reasonably good yields last year in, in, in conjunction with maybe slightly reduced N rates. So N offtakes were higher. We also had a good mineralization period through the autumn into the winter. So crops have sucked up nitrogen. So your first comment to me and Sam was, how are things looking? Well, crops look well, because they've taken up nitrogen, free nitrogen in the soil. The only concern I have is, how much residual nitrogen have, have, have individual farmers' fields got underneath them? Uh, and is this a year where we maybe need to think about nitrogen rates and recommendations in more detail? Okay. And so when you talk about looking at those rates in more detail, what's that going to look like? What does that mean? In essence, it means, you know, we need to take account of, of soil nitrogen. Whether you agree with doing a soil mineral nitrogen test or not, you need to understand how much nitrogen potentially could come from the soil. Uh, we've got some you know, funding now under the SFI to test soils for organic matter. And I think growers who, who are now starting to see organic matter test results, um, you can start to then understand, obviously if you've got reasonably good soil organic matter levels, it, it's great because nitrogen cycling in the soil will be better and faster, but also couple that with understanding the uh, percentage clay content of your soils will also help understand how well nitrogen is cycled from residual soil levels in the soil. So things to think about and some um, maybe some new information coming into the farm that maybe hasn't been done for a while uh, where we can start to understand well maybe field x performs better than field y purely because we've got slightly better soil organic matter levels potentially. Sure. So that's going to influence decisions going forward. And that's clearly important. Sam, what data can you provide that's going to help farmers make those decisions? Uh, yeah, Tony. So data is king um, and we're learning that fast. And there are uh, multiple sources that you can gather data that can help you with, with these decision making and, and, and learning and understanding what's going on. As Tom said, anything from understanding organic matter, uh, and clay content and your your base soil indexes that's something that you can get through soil sample data but also looking at weather trends what what rainfall have you had to date uh, looking back at previous year's rainfall so you can start to understand how a crop performed in certain circumstances in previous years 
but I guess the the most relevant once you've established all of that is the is crop biomass data so whether that be through uh, NDVI GCVI from a satellite or from from drone footage uh, even some sensors that you can you can put on implements put on sprayer booms or, or another machine that's traveling through the field when you've got crop, crop canopy and these can really start to help you understand not necessarily the absolute uh, because absolute biomass is, is tricky to judge from a sensor, but you can certainly start to understand where variation is and, and use that to focus where you might go and look at crops to make assumptions for, for your plans and strategies for that year. You've both mentioned the impact of weather, but at what can you do? What can you change based on, okay, crops are looking good right now, but we could go into a very dry spell. So what can a farmer do to build greater resilience into their final um, output of that crop? Yeah, I think, Tony, particularly for where I live in East Anglia, I, I think we are in a bit of a dry spell still. We haven't really seen a lot of winter yet. We're 28th of February. Um, you know, ditches, um, drains you know, aren't running. Uh, leaching will run up to the end of March, the 31st of March. So there's still there's still end loss from soils that can occur. Uh, but the other concern we have going forwards is is you know is is, is spring round the corner and uh, is this all the rainfall we're going to see? I don't want to paint a negative picture, but I think we've got to be be mindful of that and think about how we maybe look to manage our nitrogen inputs. Some people probably have applied bag fertilizer some people are probably thinking about applying bag fertilizer and i think you know we're we're the first of march tomorrow i certainly would be thinking about matching the amount of bag fertilizer to the size of the crop and the residual amount of nitrogen in the soil so you know we probably are coming past the point of that early 40 kilos of nitrogen into thinking about maybe a, a larger dose on on these first time rounds that people are thinking about doing purely just to sustain the crop that's there particularly in the light of you know, could it turn dry? Um, and what what weather have we got in front of us? And unfortunately, that I can't predict. But I, I'm just trying to look back at you know the last sort of four or five seasons in East Anglia. Unfortunately, we do get an exceptional dry period on, on the run up to Easter. Unfortunately, so just worth preparing and bearing that in mind. Really, uh, Sam, from your point of view, you made a really interesting point uh, before we came on air, so to speak, when you spoke about. You know the cost of inputs, the variability there, and balancing that with well, what will be the uh, value of our output of our grain at harvest time, and how we need to be really astute when it comes to our strategies. Uh, tell us a, a bit more about that, can you? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean not to want to get into a debate on fertilizer pricing. Um, you know, it is still a volatile market. We have seen it it come back a bit. Um, but that's not not to say it, it will stay there. But the one thing we can be sure of, we, we, we're currently not on track to see the, the highs in grain pricing that we saw last year. Um, and as of this morning, feed wheat price is looking round about 220, 230. And, and that whilst it's still uh, a healthy balance, isn't as high as what it would be to, to, to get the most out of an expensive commodity such as fertilizer. So we've really got to, to be adaptable and, and try and, and work with what you've got. And I, I, on last year's podcast on a similar theme, 
we spoke about how changing the strategy for, for variable, particularly variable rate nitrogen, but nitrogen in, in general, um, to, to give you that flexibility in the season to react a bit better. Um, Tom's mentioned about, uh, you know, it's getting a bit late in the day now for, for the smaller doses just to, to get a crop going. And, and we do need to be looking at larger doses. And that trend we've seen of, of larger nitrogen uh, applications early spring seems to have paid off when, when the weather has come dry. But going back to, to my comment about adaptability, you know, the, the one main driver of, of yield and I guess profitability on farm is the weather. And we can't reliably predict forward long enough for us to make uh, bold strategic choices in how we're going to manage a crop. So that kind of leaves us in, in the realms of, as I said, use the data you've got, look back at historical data, but certainly use what you've got in season to, to manage the crop you've got in front of you. And that's really where uh, tools such as Riser and Contour with, with variable rate inputs uh, can, can come to the party and start to help you target that spend a bit better. And Tom, how do we start to do that on farm? Yeah, I think now is, is a key time. That's the reason why we're having a podcast, really, is to be having a, a good look around the farm, identify what's good, what's bad, you know, where the potential is. Or, or where more attention is needed in terms of, you know, is it a late drill cereal that, that maybe needs some extra nutrition to help, you know, through tillering? Um, because, you know, we've got to try and build and protect tillers on the run up to grow stage 30. And that's, you know, that's where nitrogen plays a key part uh, in terms of getting nitrogen into the system. So it's there so the plant can physically utilize it and take it through. So now is a good time to be looking and identifying where potentially is. Like Sam said, the volatility around fertilizer prices is, is never going to go away. You know, that, that's a separate podcast in itself in terms of, you know, when do you buy your fertilizer? But I, I think we, we need to then just think about how we manage that uh, input in, in response to the economics. So, you know, if you have got the potential there and you've got the opportunity to reduce nitrogen rates because you know you've got soil fertility, you've got good soil structure, you've got you've picked up uh, a trend in strong nitrogen use efficiency levels from previous measurements. Uh, you know, the, you know, the answer isn't always 200 kilograms of nitrogen. It's not 240 or, or, or 260. It could be 180, it could be 150, but you've got to identify that potential on, you, on your own farms. It's, it's not a... It's not a broad brush approach. Uh, so that's, that's the one thing I would think about is, is you, know, you start to understand um, where the potential is um, for maybe either applying more nutrition or, or less nutrition, really. So, Tom, from your point of view, what can limit nutrient uptake? Mostly uh, dry soils, poor root structure. Uh, they're probably the fundamentals, the, the, the physical aspects of the soil in terms, because all of the fertilizer we apply gets applied to the soil, uh, and and the nitrogen that's already in the soil needs to be converted and made available into plant available forms of, of nitrogen. So, the physical aspects around the soil uh, play a huge role in terms of nitrogen cycling into the plant. Really. And that's a great link and, and a great call, really, for for all the listeners today to to listen to some of the fantastic podcasts about improving soil structure and improving soil health. And of course, Sam, combining that with the amazing data that Riser can provide in season. 
Sure, that sort of strings it all together. You, you understand the soil um, and the crop from below, and and we help you understand the the crop from above. So it's uh, it all goes hand in hand. But Tom's got some really good points, and uh, one thing I, I've I guess I've learned myself through through the years playing with with precision farming and variable rate is that what you definitely don't want to do is limit the crop and there is a uh, there's a trend that people are a bit scared to push the boundaries and if you're putting 200 kilos of n across the field flat rate you 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 still have variable yield so there's some areas that will overperform and some areas that will underperform uh, you're not utilizing the product as well in the poorer areas but you're potentially holding the crop back in in the areas that perform better so this this way of thinking of well we'll just use um precision farming to either level up a crop which is fundamentally not the right thing to try and do with nitrogen uh or we'll we'll try and save some money yes there's savings to be had but you, you don't want to be limiting anywhere so that all sounds like really great advice but in terms of what do we take away from this podcast? What would you urge growers and listeners to do that's different uh, to help their performance in terms of when it comes to harvest time? Uh, Tom, what would be your, your top tips from today? Top tips from today is uh, probably our, our eyes are, are, you know, probably the first point of call in terms of looking, you know, as you're traveling across fields, listening to this podcast, um, you know, a good visual of the crop you know, and, and picking up what, you know, Sam's doing with, with, with mapping, um, you know, NDVI and crops, you can then start to ground truth the, the whole field, the part of the field and things like that. You know, farmers are now setting out across the fields, either applying fertilizer uh, or micronutrients. And it's a good time to take stock of, of, of how things look. And Sam, from your perspective, what would be your top tips, your call to action for growers who are listening today? Uh, for me, it's adaptability. Uh, I think we need to be prepared to be more adaptable in our approach, not set out a nitrogen plan in, in October, November and stick to that. Reading the crop, as Tom said, that's your, your biggest indicator of what's going on potentially below the ground as well as above it. Use the data. You know, if if there is data at hand, if you've got historical yield mapping, if you've got uh, historical soil maps, look at them, see where the potential is and have that thing. Well, if it turns dry, what might happen? And I think lastly is is be prepared to change. And that's something that uh, is I certainly found difficult changing my mind shift in, in how the riser tools might be applied on the farm. But certainly be prepared mid-season to go, you know what? it has the weather's changed or the conditions have changed or the crops changed i need to change my strategy thank you sam and tom for such an interesting discussion about nitrogen management for the spring looking at variable rates strategies and building in resilience in our crop production that's it for this podcast but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the uk if you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.